exercise is one of the key components to staying well. It's because of the, the endorphin hit that we get, right? Now, when I'm not well, my partner, all she has to do is say, go for a run. Go out and hit the bag. And I'm like, be quiet. I've just had a bad day. You don't understand. Okay, go for a run and come back and talk to me then. All right? And I come back in tears going, how long was I like that for? We think we're the best poker players in the world because we're hiding it from everyone else. But really, we're taking it out on everyone else and are lying to ourselves about it. That's author, speaker and activist Joe Williams. And this is part two of episode 272 of the Osher Ginsberg podcast. Welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is part two of my conversation with author, speaker, and activist Joe Williams. If you haven't heard part one, you should go back and listen to part one because it's really good. And part two won't make much sense. Uh, it's really worth it. Go on. I'll wait. Okay. While they're gone, let's get on with part two. Um, I hope you're doing well this week. I hope everything's all right. We're midweek. Um, I should really check in with you. Something happened the other day. I did write about it on Instagram, but I wanted to talk about it a bit a bit more. I, um, If you've been coming to any of the live gigs I've been doing, I've been talking quite openly about it. I'm kind of struggling a little bit with sleeping at the moment, and it's been a bit rough. And the other day, I, I think I only got about four hours. It was no good, no good at all. And so I kind of I woke up and I had just the, the anxiety dread blanket you know, wet and cold, just on my body, heavy all day. And it was really hard. Um, I managed to do a podcast in the middle of the day, connected with a really interesting person, had a really great conversation, felt a bit better. But as soon as that person was gone, uh, it was back. And I was just kind of dragging it around. Like it was literally like, you know, you've, you've washed the big feather doona and it's a cold day and it's wrapped around you and you're just kind of dragging this heavy, wet, cold thing around and it was weighing me down. And it was, I was like, I, the only thing I know to do, the only thing that I know to do right now is to go and exercise, is to go and get on my bike. That's the only thing that works. And I did not want to do it. It's not like when I used to be able to run. can't run anymore. But when I used to be able to run, you just put on some shoes and go. When you get a bike, you've got to, you know, get your bloody bike trousers on and your little Lycra bike shirt and find your special bike shoes. And then you've got to put your helmet and your sunglasses and find the front light, then find the back light. Are they charged? Oh, my God, I forgot to charge them. Which are the ones that are charged? Do I have the fitting for that? Anyway finally got on the bike and I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. It was coming up to five o'clock. I had to be somewhere at 6.30. I'm like, man, I do not want to do this. Got on the bike, just started riding. About, and I timed it because I have a little GPS thing on the bike computer. 22 minutes it took from when I started riding. 22 minutes it took for the that heavy, wet blanket of dread to just lift off and I was listening to a podcast at the time I just paused the podcast and I kept writing and I was like do not forget that this happens I even said it out loud I'm, it would have been weird you watch me fly by it you know 25 k's an hour like saying out loud do not forget this happens do not forget that 
the mental state you were in is not a permanent state, that you can change mental states, that you have the power to move your body in a certain way that will change the way your brain feels, change the way your mood is. And I just kind of just really kind of drilled that into my head because it bloody works. I felt better. I felt better. And I'm on a road for about another half hour. It was great. I just have to remember, I just got to remember that even when I do not want to move, I've just, if that, that's even more reason, just go and do it because I know it works. I know it works. And so, yeah, I felt a shitload better, that's for sure. I had a great evening. <laughs> it was all right. And I even managed six hours sleep that night. So there you go. It's a 20% rise, 50% rise. Yeah, 50% rise. Good. I'll take those metrics. That's good for me. Oh, man. Um, I hope uh, that you're doing all right. And, um, uh, you know, if uh, you haven't already, there's some uh, live shows coming up. Uh, Canberra, Wollongong and the Gold Coast in April. And um, I'd really love to see you. I'd love you to, you know, if you could make it along to the gig. Uh, Tickets are at osherginsberg.com. It'll be me. It'll be Mike. We'll be telling stories and singing songs. Um, It'll be a lot of fun. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Okay, so here's the real reason that you came here today. Uh, part two of my conversation with Joe Williams. If you haven't heard part one, please go back and listen to part one because none of this will make sense otherwise. Um, where we left off, Joe was discussing how he first got into the NRL, the uh, massive big national rugby league competition that we have here in Australia and it was he was quite young when it happened and we'll pick things up from there I was born with good genes you know my mum was a state swimmer my dad was have you know good at anything he did and I, I was just lucky that I that I, I had some ability as a sporting kid you know my, my older brother who's my father's not it's not his son my older brother was a thousand times better rugby league player than me but he just didn't have the desire to go on to another level. People ask my dad, who is better out of Joe and Mike? And dad's like, don't even embarrass Michael by putting him in the same sentence, man. <laughs> and, and again, but he, you know, he broke his neck at 18 and, and wasn't allowed to play anymore. And, you know, so it's one of those things. But I signed my first NRL scholarship contract at 13 and, and I was getting a bit of attention by, you know, from NRL clubs and so forth then. And, and then I was playing against men in the in the in the, the men's competition at 13 and 14, and from a fairly young age, I I started to realise that that I had some ability as a sporting player, but you know some 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 other things derailed that throughout my life as well. 
Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a great photo in your book, uh, The Enemy Within. There's a great photo of you. Of you. Uh, it looks like you're you're either accepting a check or shaking a hand or getting given a jersey by, by Arthur Beetson, like <laughs> the first captain yeah. of the Queensland State of Origin team is handing, like having this moment with you. Arthur Beetson, you know, my dad lived with Beetso. So when my dad played in the in the Winfield Cup, he lived with Arthur. So I, you know, I was a, I was a two and three year old. My, my brother always laughs at it now because Arthur had this, this pink velvet lounge. Of course uh, he did. And, and uh, yeah, of course you did back in the mid-80s, right? This pink, beautiful velvet lounge, right? And um, a young Joe at, you know, two and three-year-old decided to draw on it with permanent marker. <laughs> uh, but, you know, do the old turn the cushion over so no one sees it. But, you know, so we had that relationship with Arthur because Dad lived there and we lived there, you know, when I was a young. And, 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 and Dad and Arthur you know, stayed in contact over the years. And then he started to look at, at me. He was like, yeah, this kid goes all right. And then he started to travel. You know, Bisa was renowned for traveling around the country and looking at kids. And, you know, whenever he'd come down to Wagga, he'd sit and watch me play and we'd all catch up. And, uh, yeah, it, it turns out that, you know, although I my first NRL game was, was with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but a lot of people didn't realize that I actually – I started with the rivals, the the Roosters. So every every year when it's you know Roosters versus Rabbits, I'm always I guess my soft spots with the Rabbitohs. But uh, Arthur's son this year, I was giving it to the Roosters, the old latte drinkers, you know, giving it to them a little bit online. And and Arthur's son Mark Beeson, who I consider a brother, is like, ah, don't forget who got you to Sydney. I was like, <laughs> ah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so um, yeah, like. Uh, uh, you know, it holds a very special place in my heart, Arthur, like a second dad. You know, um, there, there's 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 three really significant men, or a lot of significant men in my life that that have been fantastic leaders for me. But Arthur Beetson, without doubt, Johnny Lewis as my boxing coach, without doubt, and my dad. Um, so I was very lucky to be put on some decent path by those three men. I think it's a, it's exceedingly important for especially young men to have other men besides their dad, if possible in their lives as as mentors because there are things that um, I was lucky to have an uncle um, because there's things that your uncle can do and say that your and dad can't do and say. You don't want to hear some stuff from your dad. You're like, yeah, what do you know? But then when your uncle said exactly the same thing, you're like, oh, wisdom. Well, here's the thing, right, is that I was often critical of my dad, okay, because my dad didn't didn't teach me certain things and my dad didn't give me certain, you know, love and care in a different, you know, manner that, that, that I'd see other kids get off their dad, right? But then, again, a penny dropped later in my life. My dad lost his dad at nine, so he didn't have one. So so how, how does he learn how to be dad? And, again, there, there's traits of me that have that, that, that I'm not the best dad. I can play beautiful dad online, but, you know, there, there's, there's many parts of me that, that isn't a good dad. But, you know, again, it's... It's about being aware of that and trying to learn um, how to be a better person, you know, more so than a better dad. You be a better person, you can be a better dad, better partner, better everything. You know? I, mate, no one's going to be a perfect parent, but the willingness to want to be better, I think that's all any of us can achieve, any of us. Because there is no training manual. There might be a lot of Facebook groups you can follow, but there's no <laughs> training manual. There's no specific set of instructions for your specific kid and your specific set of circumstances, everyone's got to make it up as they go along. That's it. I like the old, uh, you know, it was with the girl who was um, 
the non-indigenous girl who I was with is the mother of my child. You know, you you can't eat shellfish and you can't eat this fish when she was, you know, when she was pregnant, right? And I was like, you can't eat shellfish, man. What did them old Aboriginal women do that were on the coast for thousands of years? Do you reckon they just didn't eat it or waited for a kangaroo to hop past in the actual ocean? Like, it doesn't make sense, right? So um, where do we learn? We learn from experience. We learn from, you know, different ways, different things. Now, I'm not telling people to go out and eat shellfish while they're pregnant by any means, but I'm just putting a perspective out there as to, you know, maybe people did. It's just, you know, new knowledge and against ancient knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Your playing career was uh, fairly high profile. Joe, you did you know you did really quite quite well in a in a very tough game, very physically tough game. What was the point where you were like, all right, I'm I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to get out of football. Well, you know, it was football was my life for so long. I I signed my first NRL contract at 13, but I also I also I think it's important um, to to note and for the people who don't know my stories that I've lived with suicidal ideation for a big part of my life, right? And I believe that come on the back of some concussions and some head knocks. Um, you know, that's when I very first experienced. I remember the day like it was yesterday. So I had this this inner voice telling me, this inner critic telling me that I was no good, that I'd never amount to anything, that I should die, right? And it was the only time when I was free was when I was on the footy field, but the, but also the only time when I was free when I put copious amounts of alcohol and copious amounts of drugs into my system. Now, it was when after some some problematic times, and I'm just uh, just writing an article about it actually, about getting sober, now, after some problematic times, of you know drinking and realizing that I had problems with addiction, I, I said I I can't I can't do this anymore. Like I like I, my life is problematic. Everything that's happening that's negative in my life, whether it be whether it be rugby leagues going no good, whether whether it be relationships at home going no good, you know financial problems, all that all that sort of stuff was centered around alcohol and drugs being in my life. So I gave away alcohol and drugs with some help, and over time, so of course it's not a flip of a coin, and. That's when the ideas of not playing rugby league anymore started to enter my mind. It was like, I don't really have anything in common with my teammates anymore. You know, the only thing I have in common was football and I wasn't enjoying my footy at all. You know, when I moved to Sydney, it wasn't fun anymore. It became a job and I just didn't relate to that, right? And then... I didn't have anything in common with my teammates. The only thing I had in common was playing footy and going out and partying. Now, I wasn't partying anymore either, so I had I had nothing in common with these guys. So that's at the end of the 2008 season, I, I walked away and, and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I don't think I'm going to play footy anymore. And it was it was just before that I, I started going into the boxing gym. with. Uh, it was that, se- that season, actually, I started to – I was I was in reserve grade and and I needed some extra fitness because I, I wasn't training as much because I was working bloody two and three jobs because I wasn't getting paid while I wasn't playing footy, um, wasn't playing first grade. I was getting paid to play reserve grade. So I, I had kids. I had to support them. So I went out and got a job, all that sort of stuff. I was doing some extra training with Johnny Lewis. And and, and, and I started sparring a couple of Johnny's boxers in the gym. And he said, Joe, you go right at this, mate. What Would you consider having a fight? And I was like, have a fight, man. I'll get punched in the mouth. No way am I going to have a fight because I was one of the least aggressive people that you could ever meet. So uh, it just didn't mix. I was scared of my own shadow on the footy field most days. 
Um, but playing footy kept me free in the mind. And then, you know, boxing taught me a resilience. Boxing taught me how to fight back against what was happening in my mind, right? So every time I was, I was in the ring, I, you got a guy punching you in the mouth, you start to taste your own blood, you start to ask yourself some questions. Do I really want to be in here? Am I am I fit enough? Am I strong enough? Like you, you ask yourself questions, right? I started to build a resilience, and 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 then you know after training with Johnny for a little bit, he's like, oh, what are you doing with footy next year? I said, Johnny, I, I don't, I'm not I'm not going to go back and play. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight. And he goes, right, if we, if you're going to make that decision, we're going to do it the right way. And he got me ready to have my first fight. And the conversation I had with mum and dad was like, Dad, I'm I'm not going to play footy anymore. I think I'm going to box. And dad being an ex-boxer and me growing up in the gyms when dad was there, and he said, it was only a matter of time before you changed to that. He said, because I could see what it was doing for you. I could see the way your face lit up every time you were in the gym. Yeah, so boxing uh, taught me more about myself than life ever has. Um, just be, being in, the, in that ring for three minutes when someone's trying to punch your face off, you learn so much. And it's uh, learning to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go for a run. When it's cold, living living at the foot of the mountains in in Penrith, uh, in the middle of winter, you know. Because if you're not running, then you then your opponent is. And I had too much pride to get beat, right? So every time I stepped in the boxing ring, I was less than my opponent with uh, with uh, experience because. As a boxer, usually boxes an amateur, then you turn into a professional. And Johnny said, "Well, if you're going to get punched in the mouth, mate, you might as well get paid for it. We're going, we're going pro straight away." Oh, geez, thanks, Johnny. So then, yeah, like I, I had my first three fights under Johnny Lewis, and I could call myself a professional boxer, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like that, even though there was physical discipline in the NRL when you were dealing with what was going on in your own head dealing with the suicidal ideation, which uh, is no fun um, for anybody. Well, firstly, I've got to give you, I know, I know we spoke about this, but I, I kind of cheated in that I left Australia and I got sober away from my circle of, of influence. Yeah. That you got sober in the middle of that maelstrom, I mean, it's not like NRL parties are, are not news. People know what it's been like and what it can be like. That you Here's got... something, right? It was, it was the... the 2007 Christmas party. I was playing at South. All right. Now, for the people who know the Rabbitohs and the 2007 season, I don't need to name, but uh, the coaching staff, I said, I'm not coming to the Christmas party. And they said, what do you mean you're not coming to the Christmas party? You have to come to the Christmas party. I said, it's on a cruise. It's on a boat. I can't go. I can't leave. And like, ah, it's just a phase going through it, you know, not drinking alcohol and stuff like that. Just have a couple, just don't go over the top, right? <laughs> I was like, that don't work for me. You know, I can't have a couple. I'll see you in three days. <laughs> but I, I ended up going, I ended up going uh, that night and at first I was a little bit antsy, but you know, we got there and, you know, I didn't pick up that night and, and, and a few of the boys, were, you know, they got some respect that night, you know, with me wanting to stay off it. A few of them were like, well, it's just a matter of time. But even even towards times when I wanted to pick up a drink during those seasons, it was my teammates that went, um, don't do it, Joe. It's not worth it. You've been off it for months now. Um, you know, I remember a conversation with, uh, South, South, one of South's leaders now, most capped South player, Johnny Sutton. Um, Sutto and I come through the grades together and 
And Sutter said, don't be, don't be silly, man. He said, you've been off it for so long now, you don't need to get back on it. I was like, yeah, you know, that, that, that was rock solid, right? And, yeah, thankfully now, over 13 years. That's incredible, mate. Incredible. You mentioned, though, the, the, the freedom that the physical discipline of boxing gave you from what was going on in your head. I mean, I've, I've got a fair idea of what strength conditioning can be like in an NRL team, but what was it about boxing that helped you helped you, you mentally? Was it the that the stakes were so much higher that there was like exactly that like you know i could really get very very hurt here so i better bring my game and by learning those skills physically i'm then teaching my brain that i have the ability to survive way more than i thought was that what was going on okay so there's a really 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 in depth or or a um you know a tough way to look at it something you know people people would assume that that's what it is you know what it is osha and it is something so simple that people don't realize it's just that boxing taught me how to do this. It had nothing to do with physically fighting. It was staying present, staying present in the mind. Because when you're in a boxing ring, if I'm standing there at an opponent and I'm looking at him and I'm trying to dodge his punches whilst trying to work my punches out, whilst trying to get my feet in the position, I've got to be present in what I'm doing. All right Now, if I'm present in what I'm doing physically – that's taking me away from here, up in my head, right? So the problems we have mentally when we go through suicidal ideation and even the deepest and darkest depressions, yes, it may have some physical content, but it's mentally we're sitting in our heads too much. And boxing taught me how to get out of my head because I had to work, man. When I, when I was tired, I had to find more because when I'm in that ring, I can't afford to get tired because fatigue turns us all into cowards, right? So I had to keep working and keep working. So even in the, the physical preparation, it was teaching me how to be tough mentally by fighting against the clock, by working hard to that right to the bell, by by punching when I was physically just didn't have anything. You know, Johnny Lewis telling me, it's all right, Joey, just keep going a little bit more, son. You're not going to die. Keep going a little bit more. You know, it was it was those words that just kept reassuring me that I could I could do it. You know, there was a, there was a clip I did with Johnny Lewis, um, you know, recently, and it, I had to read a letter out to him. I did it for the ABC, and it was um, I had to read a letter to someone who who helped me during my toughest times. Now, now I put a bit of a spin on it, and I said, well, I didn't really have a sit down and a, t- a talk with anyone who helped me. All right, I, I think a little bit differently to most people. So I said, look, the person who gave me my resilience was Johnny Lewis. So I read that letter out to Johnny and, and it said in the letter that because he was he was after he read my book, you know, after the book launch and so forth, after he read my book, he was upset at himself for not picking it up. You know, he said, Joey, I, I never knew that you were going through this stuff. Like, every day you're in the gym, you had voices telling me that 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 you wanted to die. But, but I never picked it up. So he was critical on himself. And the, the, in the letter, what I read to him, I said, Johnny. You couldn't pick it up because you were the one who made me strong. You know, whenever I was around you, man, I was at the top of my game. You know, so I was never battling those demons because he was teaching me. He was giving me that resilience moment by moment, second by second, one round at a time. You know, 
that fight in the ring is like fight inside my head. I just got to get through this moment. I just got to get through this round. You know, I win this round, I'm in a better position for next round, right? But I can't win next round without winning now. That taught me how to live back against my head, my own head that was trying to kill me mentally. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since uh, you've you've retired both from NRL and and from boxing, you obviously you're not, you're not in the ring anymore. And I'm guessing that you still use those skills every day. Yeah, we have to. And right, and 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 you know as well because you know I follow your exercise journey. That exercise is one of the key components to staying well. It's because of the the endorphin hit that we get. Right now, when I'm not well, you know the boss, all she has to do, my my partner, all she has to do is say, "Go for a run, go out and hit the bag." And I'm like, be quiet. I've just had a bad day. You don't understand. Okay, go for a run and come back and talk to me then. All right, and I come back in tears, going, "How long was I like that for?" Right, because we're, you know, we we think we're the best poker players. You're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. We think we're the best poker players in the world because we're hiding it from everyone else, but yeah. really we're taking it out on everyone else and are lying to ourselves about it. So um, again, I, I I've just gone on a bit of a, a health and fitness kick lately. I wanted to lose, you know, we're we're just at the start of February, but I wanted to lose 10 kilos in January. I got to seven. I, mean, I had an injury uh, and, a, and a small uh, operation procedure, which sort of stopped me stopped me training for about eight days. Uh, but I got to I got to seven kilo uh, in in January, and man, I feel physically better. I feel mentally better. And again, research not only does it put endorphins into your head and make you feel better, the 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 more exercise that you do over a prolonged period can actually get rid of depression completely. So. Um, I tell everyone, what's your biggest tip to get rid of depression, Joe? Uh, exercise more and eat better. Simple. It, mate, I saw you at the uh, the Yarbin Festival when you were emceeing the Corroboree stage. It was at the end of the March we did on the 26th of January. And I put my arm around you. I'm like, Christ, mate, those shoulders weren't there last time I hugged you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy moly, Joe! You are at seven seven kilos in a month. You talk like oh, couldn't make it. Like that's someone who used to be a professional boxer talking. You know, that's like I could drop ten in a weekend. (laughs) You know, Uh, mate. Before fights, I I went close to. Don't worry. When I was a little bit overweight, I had to get rid of it. There was there were times where I had to drop four and five and six kilo in in a in an eight to ten day period. Oh, that's that can't be good for you, mate. No, you know it's. I remember one of the guys that I dealt with with the health physician who I used to get advice on all the time. He said, what you're doing is you're actually giving yourself diabetes by doing oh. that. 
But again, it's the science of knowing what to eat, when to eat, and, and, and all that sort of stuff. I don't recommend it to a lot of people. But, <laughs> no, I you know, would. Drop that seven kilo. It was just excess weight that I had. So it was it was just working hard and eating clean. You know, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything out of the ordinary except wake up every day, work my backside off, and eat clean. You know, you do that, you're going to feel better physically. You're going to drop weight. You're going to feel better mentally. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. You spend a, a lot of your year. We mentioned earlier that you you've been at home for a little while. But you spend a lot of your year on the road. You spend a lot of your year of your year traveling around Australia, talking to young men and women around the country. Uh, what's the message that you you really want to share with them? Connection. You know, we we talk about a slideshow, um, and my opening slide is connection, because that's I, I believe. Uh, I believe that's the key. That's the key to everything. And people will then have that judgment straight away and say, ah, oh, for an Aboriginal man, you mean connection to culture and you mean connection to country. And no, I mean as everyone, connection to people, connection to yourself, connection to something higher or greater than you. You know, so um, because I believe with a lot of suicides, uh, if not all, there is firstly a disconnection. I'm not talking the actual end result of what happens. I'm talking the months leading up to is disconnection. It's disconnection from family, from friends, from self, from from everything, from sporting teams, from workplace. If we're paying attention, then we can we can notice these things. And 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 that's why I, I take I guess huge value and pride in in what I do is that I'm a, I'm I'm a very observant person. Now people talk about mental illness. I I, I live with severe bi- bipolar disorder, but my bipolar disorder and the symptoms of my bipolar disorder gives me some fantastic traits that I can help people. And one of one of the symptoms of bipolar is someone who is very observant. So I am so observant for my kids for the people who are, I can notice I can walk past someone in the street and notice when they're down you know and and and, and all I can do then is just say is everything all right man are you doing okay and the amount of people say yeah I'm all right I know they're not but well, are you really okay no I'm not um you know so it's just it's just paying attention to other people and if there's one key message I give to everyone it's be more connected um, for our people, for, for, for the First Nation people, it's connected to a culture that survived for at least, you know, 60 to 80 to 100,000 years. And, and, and people say, well, go back and live in the bush. No, it ain't about going back and living in the bush. It's about thinking the way those old people used to think, which was about caring for each other, which was about caring for the country, which was about connection, right? You can be white, black, green or purple, and still have those connections, still pay attention to people in your circle, to your kids, to the conversations that you have in your household, you can still have that connection. You talk about uh, meeting old men, uh, elders with a lot of knowledge, who talked about being, what was the word you used, spiritually sick. You know, uh, one of the old people, and it's not just men, it's obviously women as well, but me being a man, I, I come into contact with, with men culturally a lot more than I come into women contact with women culturally. But it was one of the old was one of the old and, and I talk about elders, I, I call them old people, right? It's because not only their age, but their spirit has been here for a hell of a lot longer than 
the knowledge of who they are and what they are, right? One of the old fellas out, out bush, he said to me, he said, you're not, you're not mentally ill. I don't care what any doctor says to you. You're not mentally ill. You're spiritually ill. As soon as you fix and heal your spirit, that's when you'll come good. And 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 one of the other elders out there, um, it was when I started to connect back, like I said at the start, that that cultural identity that I hadn't had my whole life, um, the real stuff. Um, once I started to connect to that, one old fellow said to me out there, he goes, he said, you connect to this stuff, all your mental health problems will go away. You know why? Many, many years down the track, he's right. He's 100% right. When I'm not well, it's because I'm not exercising and it's because I'm not spiritually connected. And for people who are... Who, who don't have that connection to, you know, this, you know, the oldest continuous culture on our planet, who don't have that legacy to, to, to plug into. If you, as more and more we can see, if, you know, if you've grown up in a kind of Anglo, westernized, materialistic, pretty shallow, you know, atheist culture, how can that spiritual health come into your life, do you think? Connection, connection to country, you know, like, and it's how we view country as well. Like, why our people worked worked well and worked in one with the land is because we saw the spirit of the land and everything that comes with it. You know, like spirit of the animals, spirit of the trees, you know, all of that. It's so intrinsically connected. Is that that's what like them animals are like our ancestors. Them animals are our family. Those trees give us life, produce oxygen, so we got to be respectful to that. That's why I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for again, again, you know, no plastic and keeping things clean and all of that sort of stuff. Right? Is it because it's 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 killing the earth? What's the earth? Mother Earth. It's killing our mother, right? Mining, all that sort of stuff. Like it's it's literally killing our mother, which is, you know, bringing on global warming and and you know. Mother Earth is much bigger than us, you know, much more powerful than us. What she will do is she will recalibrate with natural disaster. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's go and get a few million dollars and a few billion dollars out of Mother by mining it. No, no, no. Okay, well, she'll just she'll get you back with natural disaster. Simple. It, it, it is interesting, you know, how as humans over the last couple of hundred years we have tried as hard as you can to separate ourselves from uh, everything else that exists on this spinning ball of water and dirt in space. Yet what you're talking about is the sooner and quicker that we realize that we are just one of many things. We are just another creature uh, on the earth and to care for another creature is to care for ourselves. Uh, we might stand a chance of getting out of this one. <laughs> Again, what the old people did worked. What we're doing now isn't. It's that simple. Joe, do you see a way of finding a way that modern society can envelop some of these ways of, of old people? And like, still, like, like as you said, it's not about going back to the bush and living off the bush. That would be an impossibility for the amount of people that are on the planet right now. Do you see a way of integrating some of those learnings into modern society? It's happening, man. It's happening. Like yoga, meditation. What, what do they call it now? Earthing. Right? Earthing? Man, our people walked around with no shoes on for thousands of years. 
<laughs> like now, now, now it's now it's this new terminology. Like the paleo diet. That dude's that dude's earned millions and millions of living the way the old people used to live. It's happening. People don't know it. Yeah, it's happening. We see, we're seeing we're seeing different mindfulness and meditation techniques now that that are about connecting back to country. That are about you know living the old people the, the way the old people used to live. Walking walking through the bush and listening to the birds whilst listening and feeling. The wind happened, you know, coming through the trees. It's a form of meditation and mindfulness, right? Yeah, that's what the old people did. Just because there's a new name to it doesn't discredit what they did. The answer to your question, it's happening. Yeah. It is happening. We just don't realize what we're doing. Mate, you're you're 100% right. The, the wisdom that, that you have... And the the journey you've been on, as as painful as it must have been sometimes, I I'm grateful that you are where you are now, Joe. Because what you have to teach, what you have to teach people, is so valuable. Not only within your community, but people outside of, of your community. Uh, there's so much that we can learn from you, Joe. And I'm so grateful that we were able to have this conversation today, mate. And for anyone that's kind of like wondering what what Joe's talking about, look, I won't I won't say it, but I'll I'll. Joe's shown me footage on his phone of stuff that's gone down at corroborees that'll bend your noodle. You want to talk about connection to country? You want to talk about human beings and nature being, you know, together and calling spirits out of the nature into the environment around you? Joe's like, here, watch this. Here's some footage of it happening. And my little head just goes, what the fuck was that? But it's it's so real, man. Um, it, and it happens like all over the world. This happens though. Um, my buddy Stevie was telling us about a, an experience he had in Fiji, where during a kava ceremony, uh, on a still summer night during a kava ceremony, um, the chief of the village he was at in this kind of remote rural Fiji called down his ancestors, and for a moment the palm trees bent sideways as the wind blew, and then it stopped, and then they went, and they drank it. It's the old people coming in. Mate, to, to deny that that sort of stuff happens, to deny that that connection between human and environment has existed for thousands of years is to deny, and like I feel that when greater society decides to unlock this connection, we might just see some crazy shit go down and things are going to change. You know, that, that's where change is going to happen. But, a thing, but again, right, I believe, and this is only my belief, Change isn't going to happen with our people doing it because we've been doing it forever. Change is going to happen with your people doing it, you know, connect, connect them with us, you know. Like I want to get Scott Morrison to come out and experience some of these things. You know, he'll probably dis- he'll probably dismiss it and say, oh, well, that theoretically that couldn't happen that way. But, man, this, this shit's real. And, and again, it, it, it's something that's so beautiful and that everyone can – can learn from and connect to and i'm not just talking about culture i'm talking about because and i'm not talking about that's the way that our life is because you know it's well documented there there are some difficult things that happen with you know within our communities like with it with all communities um it's just about reconnecting people um to a better way of life black white green purple i don't care who they are if you learn to live with more love and compassion in your life then the world's going to be a better place Joe Williams, you're an extraordinary man. Thank you so much for your time today, brother. Pleasure, man. 
So good. Oh, and um, and Clint Hill sends his love. Good man, Clint. He's he a good is. man. He's a good man. He's doing that. Uh, he's doing that. I ain't doing. A, I ain't doing a uh, session with him anytime soon. But I, but I need one. I need one. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing like twice a week with him at the moment. Um, and I'm like, I seriously, man. I've never. I've never deliberately wanted to put on muscle. I've only ever wanted to pull fat off. But mate, this this cat is. He's showing me. Yeah, he's, he's no, showing he's me. Good, man. Yeah, he knows knows it's what good. he's doing. Mate, you're a superman. Joe, I'm at your service. Whatever you need, mate, you just let me know, okay? No worries, brother. That was Joe Williams. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter, Joe Williams underscore T-E-W. That's for the enemy within you can also go to his website joewilliams.com.au that is where you'll find everything you need to know and things that'll uh, help you find out more about joe now uh, he's an extraordinary human being as i'm sure you can agree by listening to him uh this week um and i'm, I'm really grateful that i'm I, I know him and i'm able to learn from him and he speaks with such wisdom and he's got such learning and he's he's just <laughs> he has such such wisdom such wisdom that I am an, an ant compared to what that guy has um, as far as his spirituality and his giantness of his connection to his people, his country, his land. I, I you know, he's an incredible guy. And um, I, I, I can't wait to see the things he's going to do as his powers just get more and more powerful. Oh, it's late at night, sorry. I'm terrible with the talking at this point a part of the night um but i'm grateful that you were here and i'm grateful that you got a chance to meet joe um thank you so much for listening thank you so much to my producer rachel barrett for making this show andy ma for cutting the whole thing together my audio producer andy mike mills for the music you for listening and um yeah that's awesome thank you so much for listening uh, remember if if you're feeling crap do the work you heard joe talk about it you heard me talk about it we're not making it up it's not magical it works do the work Get your body moving if you can. It'll change how you feel in your head. That's a pretty extraordinary power when you think about it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you on Monday. Until we speak next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.